big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. Today we're talking about extended, oh no, hang on, hang on a minute. Oh no, we could say the title, Extended Family, um, but we didn't do our little bit of banter first. <laughs> um, Lael, how are you? <laughs> how am I this week? Um, well, we're st- <laughs> I feel like this will be in the archives for a long time. We're still in lockdown. <laughs> I've been here for many, many, many days now, over many 200 years, and something. Jesus. <laughs> um, how's my week in lockdown going? I've, I am still in my kind of little, um, you know, just quite a bubble thinking and feeling, watching what's happening in the world, but actually um, having some beautiful realizations and I don't know it's it's you know it's a it's a big time at the moment but actually I'm feeling pretty connected to myself and understanding and seeing lots about where my work is going to head towards or where I'm at at the moment that sounds so vague anyway (laughs) where I am is I'm pretty good this week I'm just still just loving on my kids helping them navigate this time which is tricky a little bit um and and my beautiful husband, he's been moving through some stuff as well. So, yeah, I am, I am not, not much to report. I'm so, I'm sorry to say, it's just been lockdown week number seven hundred sixty-four. <laughs> That's where we are. <laughs> what about for you? What what's been? Uh, I'm also actually thinking, what maybe that was why I didn't do the banter because I haven't got much to say either. Um, I'm enjoying right now sitting in a bit of sunshine. Um, gosh, I really don't have much time to. I'm having lots of in also work life, um, lots of exciting new um, downloads, and I could say that my my book's in the middle of being edited, and so lots of creative projects happening that I'm really excited about, and um, still um, at home working on some things with my lovelies. So, but also some emotional. Um, enjoyable shifts and changes happening there mm. so yeah but um and still into my fitness journey being Yay. so strong and I'm loving that popping the pool it's very cold still here at the moment so yes. the pool this morning that was that was pretty icy but still yes I am seeing so many people I know who are really into doing their beautiful oh. cold water stuff there's a beautiful group of mamas who are at the school that um that Woodline that we created who go and jump in the ocean every morning. I'm just going to say, you're amazing, ladies. I was talking to some of them the other day who go and uh, go and do their cold water immersion together and then they get out of the water and then they dance to get warm. I was oh. like, I love it. It's just a bit far away from where I am at the moment. We're not allowed to travel more than five kilometres, so it's going to be a bit tricky to get there. But I'm so celebrating that. I'm not ready to get there yet, but I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I just hear how good it can be for your body. Really something really are powerful about it waiting mm. of course from within so yeah mm. yay I have a sense we could both either talk for an hour about what's going on or you know it's very brief <laughs> there's not there's not really an in-between so let's, not, let's leave it at that for let's talk, yeah well, that's it for now um let's get back to actually the topic extended family so the reason we try right. is 
because we had a couple of responses to one of your posts there. Yes, yes. So, so we had um, one lovely mum said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on relationship with our parents and sibling. How siblings, how that was changing for you along the journey after becoming a parent yourself. Uh, and there was a second question as well. Maybe I'll just say this because then we can talk about all of it, which was I was also thinking about our relationships our children have with our parents, for example. Um, this mum said, I'm often triggered by my mother and feel she repeats the patterns she puts me through towards my daughter. So so we wanted to open up today to talk a little bit more about extended family. And even um, we sometimes have a, a bit of a request for talking about if, um, if there's divorce in family and how you navigate that. And we have done some podcasts on that before around, you know, if, if whether it's your current partner or your ex-partner, parents differently, how you can navigate that. And that, that is something that comes up a lot for some of the parents I work with for sure. So, so we're going to, we'll, we'll fly around all those topics today and see what comes up. <laughs> we'll have a fly around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lots of richness there. Mm. so where do you want to start Marion what's your what's your thoughts on relationships with our parents and siblings and how that's changed for you after becoming a parent what I think is one of the most powerful invitations isn't it I just remember for me and speaking to parents over the years that if we you know if we have one or more parents around and we get to see how they are with our children it's one of the most powerful ways. And of course, they may have changed in the intervening years, but it can really help in a way that years of therapy sometimes cannot or inner work to actually really see, ah, that's the outward origin of this thing that I'm working with internally. Mm. You know, when we see these things being um, uh, yeah, happening from our parents to our children. And I think it's such an invitation, number one, for the so much inner work. Um, I think of three things actually here, lots of inner work for ourselves around the original times that that happened for us so that we can respond from our adult self to our parents, not from our younger parts. That's going to be really helpful. Oh my gosh, am I going to remember the three things? The second one, um, <laughs> the second one thinking about how when we are grandparents, if we become grandparents and our you know, children have evolved beyond us and they're doing probably new things that we don't know yet now because that's how evolution happens. And we feel perhaps uncomfortable seeing these things because we didn't do them with our children or, you know, whatever shows up for us, you know, how would we like to be treated by our own children and what way would we like to be um, responded to? So I think that can be helpful to, to be to help us have deep compassion for our parents, that they are the product of their time and their generation and their parenting, their lineage. And the third thing, of course, is also seeing how much we, it's important, I think, for us to be, to hold that fine dance between being advocates for our children and stepping in where necessary and actually coming with loving limits or really having clear conversations with our own parents that we are the parents now. And it's really important for us to hold that whilst also being aware that um, our children's experience of our parents is going to be really different from ours because, uh, you know, unless we are living all in the same house, but if they just see them perhaps occasionally or once a week or something like that, and the fact that they are the grandparents, not the parents, so they're not living in that field where that's the only thing they get, which is what we got, 
our children are going to have an entirely different experience and actually what we provide for them and how we are with them and how we respond to their needs and their feelings and all of the things that we know so well in aware parenting is it has a profound impact and so it's and I think that can be really important to remember for ourselves it's not like it was for us growing up in that family so those are a few little touch points to uh, to mention. I'd love to. <laughs> oh, it looks like, oh, my God, we could do an episode on just every one of those Three months, separately. Yes. That is so good. All right, let's start at the top because I love, 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 love that part that you just mentioned so beautifully about seeing our adult self respond as opposed to the child um, part of us respond when we are with our parents now as adults. I think that is such gold because, and we talk about this a lot. We, when we are having a response or reaction, particularly when it's big, you know, a lot of the time it is connected to the child part of us that did not get our needs met. And that is just such a beautiful thing. As you say, when we are around our parents and we do start to have a reaction, you know, I often see it this way. It's an invitation to go, Oh, there's a bit more work to be done there. Oh, look at that. Isn't that interesting? I'm getting really angry here. There's something about this for me. And I think that is the massive leap, isn't it? In awareness with, with parenting is that when we keep making our parents wrong, when, why don't they get it? Why don't they see me? Why can't they just understand how I feel? We're still coming from that child point of us that's saying, I need you to be like this so that I'm okay as opposed to being able to sit in a place where we we know I actually don't need their approval I have deep compassion for who they are because they're doing the best job they know how that that's when we are in our adult self and I love that you brought that up because you know for me one of the most beautiful things that I carry with me all the time is curiosity how am I responding right now well that's really interesting (laughs) reaction Right. And I often what I do, like I like to see things in visuals. It's like how I always talk about seeing kids wave red flags. Like, can you help me? I'm having a hard time. Yes. When I'm with another adult or somebody and I'm starting to have a reaction, I go, oh, isn't that interesting? And I imagine there's a little box on my shoulder and I just pop it in the little box and go, we'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> I love that. So I just, I often do that. I place what I am observing, particularly with my reaction. I put it in a little box. I'm going to come back and address that, whether that's with talking to a friend or you or a listening partner or a therapist, whatever. But I go, well, there's something in there for me. And for me, that's always the first step to go. Um, I'm, I'm just responding to this situation here. And remember, this person in front of me is not wrong. They are just seeing life through the lens that they see it through. Yeah. And that is okay. And that's part of, I guess, the awareness and consciousness of us being able to parent with awareness is being able to own what is ours and then, you know, not make that other person wrong or project onto them around what we perceive to be true or not or whatever's happening so I I love that and I think that you know as we talk about well how do we work with that so you perhaps have a response or reaction if you can pop it in the box do it (laughs) get through whatever's going on Mm -hmm. and then go and pick up that box again and come back and go okay what do I what came up for me here what was I feeling I was feeling not seen what is that about for me and whether it's doing one of your beautiful practices, Marion, it's doing some journaling, it's talking to someone, giving yourself the opportunity to lean into the feelings that are present there that are asking to be addressed, to be felt and to be let go of so that we can, as you say beautifully, then respond from the adult self to our parent, which may then mean that you come back and say, hey, you know what happened yesterday? I had a really strong reaction to that because I made it mean that, 
you know, I'm not feeling heard or seen. And I just wanted to own if my reaction was big, that that was what was going on for me. It could be a conversation like that. It could be that you don't even need to have a conversation with the parent, but you're able to come back to it from a place where you are in your adult embodied self. And it's not about being the child who still isn't getting their needs met. Mm, yes, 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 yes. And what I love as well as part of that is I, so I think there's so often for so many of us and not for everyone, because it really depends on our own parents as well, but that for so many of us, um, because of the time that our parents were brought up in and the cultural conditioning they experienced, is it's possible that they might not ever be able to uh, listen to us empathically or um, apologize for the things they did or, or offer reparative experiences or statements. So I think there's often a process that I remember going through and I've seen so often with mentees is where we need to almost mourn that, that we may never get that from our actual parents in the flesh or whoever it might be, you know, sisters or whoever it was. Um, and there's something really powerful when we actually say, I'm not willing for my younger parts to keep on trying to get those needs met where, where they're not going to get them met. So I see this so often where people will keep going, yeah, but I just still want to be understood by them. Or I, I just want them to hear how it was, is for me. And so often the older generations, unless they're really willing or they're, you know, particularly, you know, whatever, may not ever have that capacity so if we keep on being willing to put our younger parts in those positions where they're going to get hurt over and over and over again you know there's something really powerful when we say I'm actually not willing to do that anymore and I'm I'm willing to be the parent of my own inner children I am not willing to put them in that position where they're going to be wanting and expecting and hoping maybe this time maybe this time they'll hear me maybe this time they'll be able to really see how it is for me or they'll really be able to celebrate me or they'll really be able to understand what I'm saying or they'll really be able to do it without shaming or judging whatever the thing is for each person there's something really profound when we know are no longer willing to hand over those those little tender parts of us in, to put them in that position because we are taking care of them and we're literally so it literally is like a an internal version of what we do for our children is I'm not willing for you to be in that position. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to listen to these younger parts of me. I'm going to hear every single feeling or I will take them to someone who can. So I'll take them to a dear friend or a colleague and to have them listen to that way so that we, we take them to places and people who will hear, who can give empathy, have capacity to be with feelings, who are not going to shame or judge or blame or any of the things and there's there's a real uh, rite of passage moment when we when we take that responsibility it's profound it's some form of coming into true adulthood I think when we do that oh I I'm so sorry I know <laughs> did you mute, mute yourself <laughs> how interesting is there a message there <laughs> I just mute. I was like I'm trying to unmute I'm trying to unmute I, maybe it needed a pause just for that to sink pause. in I think that is, <laughs> that's really profound wisdom what you're saying there because it's so true I think we see that a lot and and that need to still be seen can be so great kind of and that can be quite painful so you're saying keep putting yourself back in that position where it's not being acknowledged so I love that that's there's such beautiful insights to find that place within to go okay that's I don't need that anymore yeah and, and you know I think when we get to that place 
you know, from there, I often find then the next, there's a step that allows us then to be in compassion with our parents Mm -hmm. for seeing their story, where they've come from, that they're doing the best job they know how. And, and it's very tricky for us to see that and have compassion for our parents when we're still sitting in that wounded child part within ourselves. It's, it's kind of impossible, isn't it? Because you can say I can have compassion for my parents, but actually you're still in full rage yeah. around what you didn't get. And so that is such, those beautiful, important steps, aren't they, to be able to then really, truly sit in a place where you have deep compassion, understanding for where they are. You know, yeah. I found for me too, I want to come back to your other two points, but one of the biggest things that, changed a bit of a relationship with my mum is when I became a mother firstly because you know when for me becoming a mum particularly when I was young and I was like this is really hard like and I didn't have really support and I was overwhelmed all the time I just looked at her and I was like oh my god I had no idea and I, I remember ringing her many times going I'm so sorry mum <laughs> She laugh. I go, I'm so sorry for all the times that I said that you didn't love me. And I'm so sorry for the times that you gave me grief about cleaning up my room or, you know, and she would laugh and she'd be like, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, wow, wow, I really get it now. You don't kind of get it often until you do it. But uh, I had a new deep appreciation understanding for her and how, um, and how parenting was just because I had to live it myself. And of course, we often don't know that until we do live through something of having that deep appreciation of how challenging that can be. So, you know, that, that definitely stood up for me, <laughs> stood out for oh, me oh, as yeah. part of that. So with you. And um, I'd love to speak a little bit more about or to the thing about finding empathy for our parents, because I think um, there can be some ways in which people will try and force that and like, you know, I should be empathic. Or, you know, if, you know of course I understand and what I find, again, is really helpful is the more we're able to have the, the rage and the disappointment, the frustration and the grief and the, all of the feelings that we have around the unmet needs and the painful things that happen, which happen in every family, however much our parents loved us and tried, you know, we, there's going to be so many hurts there. And the more we can uh, either have those listened to or listen to in ourselves, the more we sit in our adult self and from that place that's where we're able to have compassion from them we cannot if we're trying to sit within the younger parts and have compassion for our parents there that's going to be more like fawning that's going to be more like you know how can I you know meet your needs in order to be safe so it's really important I think to know that we can and I think again this is often a a rite of passage moment I see people um, sitting is that they can hold compassion for their parents without bypassing their feelings and they can have compassion for their own feelings without judging or blaming or shaming their parents and there's something again and I think again that's a real developmental capacity which is so important in all relationships isn't it exactly as you were saying is then because when we can see that um, we can have compassion for another person's and I think this is even more needed in these times like to actually be able to have compassion for someone else but first of course we're going to need to have compassion for ourselves so that that means whatever position someone else sits in we can hold love for both rather than it's an either or thing so I think that's really important as well Mm, absolutely I I deeply deeply agree with you on that yes for sure it's 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 like a um <laughs> the 10-step program of beating addiction or something. It's like a 10-step program to overcoming 
<laughs> childhood wounds or families or feelings. Yeah, let's there make one up. <laughs> <laughs> there are so definitely the steps we have to work through to reach that place for yeah. sure, you know, and, and it does involve the rage and the anger and, yeah. and the feelings and expressing it and then the forgiveness and then the understanding and the compassion, the whole thing. Oh, maybe that that's another part. There's another book we can write together. Right. I love that. The st- 10 steps to healing from your childhood. <laughs> becoming the person you always wanted to be yes there we go there we go all right now let's go back what's the second i'm impressed that you remember the three points what was the second one (laughs) i remember the third one the third one you said was about our relation our children will have a different relationship to their parent um to our parents oh yes so the second one one? well was the second one about being the advocate no, you said that with a third. Does that go together? Yeah. That one? Okay, yeah. well, let's go to those and well, I'm sure we'll remember it. Or if not, we might. We can't remember. <laughs> well, I might have to pause the podcast, go back pause, and watch rewind. What yeah, what did we say? All right, let's go back. Let's go to the third point for the moment, which was about there's people listening at the moment going, it was this. Yeah. Can you, can you shout a bit louder? And we can <laughs> so hear it in back in All time. Right. Okay, so let's go to that third part about being the advocate and then also really trusting that our children have a different, can have a different relationship to our parents for sure. So um, what what would you like to share more and expand more on that? Oh, again, I just see parents so often with their children. Again, I would say it's really similar if they're in younger parts that their parents are doing things to their children that really are a big no for them. And they feel scared because of their own, you know, they, they become the child and they, and then they, you know, their children get to, they don't say no where actually it's a really strong no. And I think that's really important to go um, with all that loving compassion for our parents. You know, they had their turn. This is our turn. We get to choose. It's our child. We are the advocate for our child and how important that is. This is a really, it's like a sacred I'm going to use the word duty, which I would never normally use, but it's really important to listen to ourselves around the things. And, and I think then we also need to include the other part to go not in a place where we're, we actually don't see what it's like for our child, where we're reacting from how it would be for us because of what we experience. So it's, it's quite a lot of discernment, isn't it, to go, uh, how is this for my child? Uh, do I need to step in here and, and actually speak or stop or, you know, have a conversation here? So I think what I'm trying to say is to, to be able to discern what's actually going on in the moment. And am I, am I underreacting or am I overreacting here so that we can actually really step in and respond in ways that are most helpful for our children? I can imagine you have some tangible examples here that might help it be a little bit less thinking. Yes, well, um, for me, I guess in that sense of that, you know, we were definitely family that wouldn't, would definitely didn't smack our children and, um, and you know, that was something that in my extended family was was seen as well we could if they are misbehaving and that they were conversations that we definitely had and said you know that we're not willing for that to happen and that's not okay and if that does happen then this is you know we don't want to see you or leave our children with you because that does not feel okay for us and um and we have had that conversation because that did not feel okay for us also there's times where we have had conversations where 
around shaming or mocking the, the kids. And, and it, you know, I have a lot of compassion because or I can absolutely see where the stories were coming from for the extended family around that. But we were just saying, you know, this is this doesn't feel okay for us and we're really asking you not to do that. And there were times where it still happened and our children would then tell us and then, you know, I saw that as a beautiful opportunity to work through with my kids how did that feel for you? What was that like? What do you wish you could have said in those moments? I, I saw it also as another healing opportunity for my children to learn how to have a voice, to be able to express or process what didn't feel good for them at that time, which again was trusting that my kids are going to move through the world where there are not going to be people who are going to speak to them with calmness and reverence and respect. There is going to be stuff, which of course they've actually, you know, they've absolutely experienced in the schooling system and in life. And, and I kept seeing that as, okay, here's an opportunity to help them understand what does feel good. They're experiencing what doesn't. How do I help them process that part that doesn't feel good? How do I give them agency and voice as they grow to learn how to say that does not feel okay for me? And, and what's interesting is, you know, having older children now and, and, and quite a bit of family and different interactions, what I have absolutely loved as my children have grown is that as they've gotten older, they've been able to see the stories and the patterns themselves of how certain people respond and act and why they do that. And what I've loved is that my children have come to me and said, oh, I know they behave like that because of this, this and this. And I can see that that's their story and that's good. And they've got incredible awareness around how humans behave and why. And I feel like the gift that I gave my kids was being able to help them unpack when stuff did not feel good, helping them understand the human behind and why we sometimes do the things that we do, help them be able to go, oh, this isn't necessarily about me, this is about them. And so then they were able to have that understanding when there was interactions that didn't feel good to either A, speak up for themselves or B, have a bit of an understanding this isn't about me that's a total projection on someone else which has given them I think an incredible insight into humans and and learning to love people for who they are and and I really did see that with my kids as they grew up they'd be like oh well nanny's just like this and we understand she's like that and papa's like this and my uncle's like this and my auntie's like that and they can see it clearly and there and there's still a lot of love for them but they realize that that's who they are and that to me was gold because oh. I was like yes you see yes. who they are and there's nothing wrong with them they're doing the best job they know how because of this this and this and um and again you still have choice and you can speak up if that doesn't feel good or not and and I've seen that as a real gift for them as well to have these relationships with extended family and be able to still hold their own center and know who they are uh, and speak what they need to within that and, and most of the time it's been respected because my kids are in their own sovereignty within it. And that's for me has felt like a beautiful gift uh, for my children to learn about being in the world. Mm, I love that, Lal. And what to me that fits with is, is really then differentiating our experience as children growing up in that system where we didn't have, uh, you know, it just was the way it was. We didn't have people saying, oh, look, this is actually about them, not about you. Whereas we would have internalized those, seen those as, their behaviors as um, accurate if they were harsh seeing that you know it was our fault all of those things so that's why we will have so often entirely different experience from our children even though our parents might be um, doing the same kinds of behaviors so again I think that's why it's that discernment to actually see uh, this is you know it's very very different isn't it very different 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I see the gifts in that. I, I don't see that as bad. I see that as, yeah. as like all humans and all experiences in this world. Sometimes we need the contrast to see what does feel good and how we want to see it. And, and I think that was an important part for me too, particularly when I was an early mother and my ideas of how I wanted it to look and how it should be. And then if we were with family or friends and, and they weren't responding to my children in that way and making the other person very wrong and feeling really triggered around all that and then realizing actually you know my children spend the most amount of time with me I am their big imprint for a word that I use you know and so trust that the relationships they have are small smaller ones but also really important ones because they have to form a relationship with that person and I think coming back to that I really trusted that they will get what they need to from that relationship and they have you know and they have there's a deep love and connection with the extended family but also an awareness around it and there's nothing you know and that's beautiful you know and that that is a gift in itself yes I love that and I'm thinking as well it's almost like there's a like um a spectrum or a scale where we may find ourselves and I remember that as well in early days and often you know I think as new parents we can be very you know like I remember I had just you know plastic toys were like the most like evil things <laughs> outrageous Anyone bought my children a child a plastic toy I'd be like do not bring anything with batteries into my house. I yes. dare you. Yes. So I think there's something about that that we can get, we can soften with over time, and again see the perspective of the person who's maybe giving the gift and where they come from, and you know the different worldview and so on. But also that we uh, it's on the other side as well that we can find that we are willing, we have been willing as younger people because we were scared for actually things to be happening um, and going on from our parents or other family members towards our child and or ourselves that actually we really we've been putting up with where actually Mm -hmm. we're called to say no I'm not willing for that and you know I have worked with over the years quite a few people who've actually then you know been unwilling to see their parents at all Mm -hmm. or one parent and I think sometimes you know so it's really finding that point and, and we will vary in that over the years in our parenting journey of like am I do I need to to, am I invited to be doing some more work here so I can actually be a, a little bit more flexible and um, see that actually my child is fine here and actually where do I need to be more you know come in with a big neo you know to use my words the big neo no to yes. what's happening here and that often takes some quite some inner work to be to be navigating that it really does doesn't it and I uh, as you're saying that I'm thinking back to when I first had my son and I was very much in the no sugar and no television and no any of those things because that will infect you know his ability to grow and all that kind of stuff so I was you know we were pretty firm on that and and I look back now and think our extended family were like oh, okay uh, by the time I had my third <laughs> I remember walking in and Tali's laying on the floor and the older brother and sister are shoving chocolate in her mouth and she's like four months old and I'm like oh yeah whatever and <laughs> Actually, was like whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's fine. Um, and you know, there's that beauty of looking back at the younger parent in me mm. with a lot of love and compassion for again what I was trying to hold on to or find or go. I need it to be like this so it feels okay, or I feel like I'm being a good parent, or you know, it's it's the contrast of what we you know what we we think it should look like, or if that's going to make us 
be a good enough parent or it's going to make us feel safe or whatever those things are. And I think sometimes it's time, isn't it? And it's the growth and learning that we realise, oh, perhaps I didn't need to be as strict on that or I didn't need to be as focused on that because actually, you know, that's perhaps not what really matters for me now. You know, I, I have changed my vision of parenting over all these these 21 years to go my number one line is connection. How connected am I to my kids? And and then when I started to really get that and grow as a parent and do a lot of my healing work, it totally changed my lens actually towards the my my extended family because I saw them all as their own beautiful, unique gift, bringing connection to my children in their own unique way mm. and showing their love in their own unique way. And I and I stopped judging it or seeing it as wrong, but actually just just seeing that as a gift and being grateful for it. And that that really changed my energy around a lot of it as well. And I think, was this the second point about how our parents have done it one way and this is our time to do it our own way? Was it about that? I don't think that was quite it, but we <laughs> we did include that. So bring that in. I just trust yeah. we'll say it all, but yes. Yeah, yes. Um, because that's one of the other pieces that I see that pops up a lot with clients I work with, which is that when we are wanting to do it in a different way to our parents, um, or our in-laws, they can often see it as, well, was my way not the right way? You know, then there can often be a lot of, you know, judgment from the grandparents or extended family saying, well, isn't the way I raised you good enough? You know, I have seen that quite a lot and they can feel really affronted when, when you as the parent is saying, actually, we're going to do it this way because we evolve and grow, you know, and we we absolutely have different things that we might do to what they did and our children may do the same. And that is something that I have seen pop up a lot with clients I've worked with over the years that, that perhaps the extended family has had a very hard time when it is that you're listening to feelings or you're using play. And I hear this a lot where often other family members can say they're spoiled or, you know, you're, um, there's not enough discipline and you need to do this or you need to do that when what a parent's doing, if they're particularly if they're using where parenting, listening to feelings, choice and autonomy, play, all those kind of things can be seen as well, you're being too permissive and you're letting your child, you know, because you never would have spoken back to me that way. And if you misbehave, then I sent you to your room and that's how it looked. And and that can be a massive shift too. And and I'm sure, as you said, perhaps if we become grandparents and our children do it their own way too. There might be parts where we're like, oh, wow, okay, there's a whole other element to it. Of, but they are the parents and it's up to them. Yes. Yeah, I remember feeling that actually just um, just so loving on um, my niece when she was born and um, my younger brother's little one and just and wanting to give them all the aware parenting information and wanting to listen to her feelings and all that kind of stuff. And yet my brother and sister weren't so much into it and um and I had to really stop myself from going, it's not my child. Like you can love on her and you be her and meet her where she's at. But there was a part of me that was like, oh, but, but you know, this would be really amazing. And, and I remember talking to my mum about it and she's like, that's what's being a grandparent's like, Lyle. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, and going, you know, and it was only because I'd been a parent for maybe 10 or 11 years before my brother did that I wanted to share all I knew all my knowledge, all that stuff, but he wasn't asking for it. It was just my idea of what I thought I should input. And then I was actually like, oh, this is none of your business. Step back, just love them and support them. And whatever they're doing is whatever they need to do for their family. And that is okay. And that was, that was tricky for me. I had to, I really got that. Oh, I imagine what this would be like if it was your grandchild because you love them, you know, and you want, you want to give. And that's what we do as humans. I want to share with you everything I know to be true doesn't mean that it's true for them. 
Exactly. And I think that's where that point about the, the seeing the evolutionary, each stage as being an evolutionary step. And I think so often when we're earlier in our parenting, and I certainly did too, is somehow we think we're at the end of the line and we need to perhaps do all the healing for all the past, you know, five, however many hundreds of generations, like often the first person in the lineage to do it. And yet somehow we're expecting to do all of the healing whilst being parents, whilst parenting in a way that we've possibly never seen or experienced before, and somehow being some kind of version of perfect at it, which is not possible. I mean, the expectations that um, I see so, um, certainly did for myself in early years, and I see so many parents putting themselves under, and I think over time we get to see, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the next step in the line, and yes, whatever I do is so important and valuable and meaningful, and by all means, you know, do everything that we can, and yeah, our children are gonna gonna evolve beyond us, and you know, quite quickly they all evolve beyond us, and it becomes very clear that they are, um, you know, their consciousness is of a of a different time, and that they can see things that we don't. And there's something so and a beautiful and almost bittersweet about that, isn't there? With each generational thing, is that the beautiful connection that can happen between the generations, which is profound, but also there is something different about being born in a different time there's something mm. fundamentally different about that and it's mm. it's yeah it's you know what it brings up for me too is I think about how we don't necessarily in our culture recognize our elders and recognize their wisdom and recognize what they bring and and that's what's um that's what's come up for me over these years of being a parent of of really deeply appreciating that, particularly from my mom and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law actually around their stories and their where they've come from. And, you know, my, my in-laws um, came from Hungary. They escaped from Hungary. They've got incredible stories. And there's been many times where I, I've just really wanted to hear and I wanted my kids to hear their stories to go, wow, this is who who they are and where they've come from and how incredible and look how amazing they are to be at this point in their life and, and even for my mum as well and really acknowledging the wisdom that they bring. And sometimes it doesn't look the way I want it to look or what I think it is, but they have had their story and that's part of where we've come from. And um, and I've really, yeah, I, I've been very deeply grateful for that and, and been in a lot of gratitude for it. And we, we sometimes joke, you know, my mother has been, you know, on quite a spiritual path most of her life and done extraordinary things. And I love that my my daughters now, um, they call her a magic witch. They're like, oh, yeah, she's a, <laughs> she's the magical witch. And we've got witches in our family. That's what we joke about. And I love that they think that about my mom because they're like, yeah, my, she's done a lot of work in the world and she's she's, you know, got a lot of awareness and spirituality is very important to her and that they know that that's part of who she is and they love her for that. And, you know, for me as the parent in the part in between my, my children and my parents or my in-laws, um, my energy and my understanding and love and compassion sets a tone um, for deep appreciation of who they are. And it wasn't always like that. And I've had to work to get to that point, but I feel in deep reverence and respect for the path they walked before me for me to get here and that then I'm showing my children. And, and that's that, that has felt like a beautiful, big learning, profound journey to get to. Mm, something about that, isn't it? The kind of ripening and the, I think, over time and years, growing acceptance of ourselves and others and more and more compassion and humility and 
all of those things that really are so helpful to have mm, yeah I think that's really really beautiful um because I love to offer practicals um I'm just wondering to, you know just coming back to our questions there which is you know one of the questions was feeling very triggered by a mother and feels she repeats the patterns she put me through towards my daughter um I think you know what the points we've touched on really about just acknowledging which part is the child within us being our child's advocate and also seeing our child's perspective may not be the same piece within that you know, I guess the other thing, if I come back to practicals within that, maybe, again, making sure that your limits or what you're willing to have in your world as far as interaction with your parent or um, or having it more in a, a situation where you can be present and doesn't you don't feel like, you know, you're not sure what's happening, it is absolutely okay and healthy to set limits with our family and extended members around what time we're willing to spend with them and how it looks and I think that's a really important thing to own too that sometimes one of the healthiest things we can do is to say I'm not going to see them or to say it's going to be on my terms where it's this where I can leave or I think that's really an important part of owning what is healthy for us as well. Mm, yes. And, you know, I'm thinking about the thing. I wonder if this was the second point is um, uh, how would how would we how would we like to be treated when we're grandparents? I'm thinking about, you know, actually going away and doing our own work so that we can present things like if we are talking to our parents, which so often people are about aware parenting, for example, is like offering it in ways that, you know, is is respectful and compassionate. And, you know, so it's more of an offering and a you know, an invitation and, you know, that wondrous and magical things can happen. So I know, you know, for my lovely mum, you know, for her, the idea of crying in arms was initially just so painful and just so alien. And you know, as it is, I think, for so many people of, of previous generations. And yet um, by the time my son was born when my daughter was four and a half, um, she would sit and hold him whilst he cried in her loving arms for you know long periods of time. You know, it was profound the shifts that she made that I would have thought that were probably and possibly not possible. So I think it's holding that, you know, the way we are offering this information to our parents, the way we are being, you know, the place in us that we're coming from. So basically, if we're coming from a younger part uh, who who's really wanting our parents to do this because we're trying to get a reparative experience for us which is so normal and natural of course we do we'd love to see our parents doing that because that's what we would have loved we can imagine us as the little baby or the five-year-old or whatever receiving that but if we're coming from that place there's often going to be an urgency or an energy which possibly means it's less likely to happen whereas if we're coming we're attending as we said to talk to earlier we're attending to the younger parts, we're listening to the younger parts the way they want to be heard, then we're offering information from our adult selves in a way that's um, compassionate to understand what it's like for our parents to be faced with this information. As you said, they will often then go into either judgment of themselves um, around what they did or judgment of us for doing something different or, you know, all kinds of painful feelings and thoughts will show up for them so to to really understand that and I think that comes back to what you were saying is you know to imagine how how powerless they might feel that they really something really painful for them like you know I think for so many 
older people just to see maybe a baby crying in arms and not to and not to be feeding them or jiggling them or whatever or seeing a toddler having a tantrum and not punishing or shaming they're going to feel such uncomfortable feelings in their bodies it could be however old they are 50 60 70 years of unexpressed pain there that's they are going to be feeling every single time and I think when we remember ah that's why they're reacting this way it's because all of their unheard feelings are showing up here and of course it's going to be hard this is uh, not an uh, you know it's a big shift in consciousness it's a big paradigm shift so um yeah wanted to add that mm, and and yes to all of that I also want to say too it can also bring up feelings for you if your parents respond to your children in a way that is soft and kind and gentle and playful and you never got any of that that can feel painful as well we can watch our parents be able to connect with their children in a way that we didn't feel they could connect with us and I have seen that a lot with clients I work with and they understand it on some level because they're like yeah well of course you know my parents were trying to keep a roof over our head and feed five kids and there was no time for play but now they're grandparent and they can come and be fabulous and fun for four hours and make a mess and then leave you know and they've got more softness and space to do it now whereas they didn't have that for me and that absolutely can bring up feelings of pain for us that that they're responding to our children in a way that we didn't get and and that's another beautiful invitation put it in the box (laughs) take it away (laughs) go and have a look at it when you're ready to um to lean into what does that bring up for me and I, I begin to see that as such a a gift I've saw saw that with so with my mum I don't really remember my mum ever playing with me but when she would look after my children I would come home the house would be trashed (laughs) they would be totally they'd all be dressed up my mum would be dressed up as something like a wizard or a fairy there'd be stuff everywhere and mum was like we had the best time ever okay see ya and she'd just leave and I'd be like what (laughs) not only was my house a mess but she had just had the best fun but and then I would kind of laugh and think oh my god that's amazing because I never my grandmother never did that with me and how beautiful for my mum to have that joyous playful piece and how beautiful for my kids and I then did say can you please try not to make such a mess <laughs> makes my life harder but but I actually I loved so much that she was able to drop into that place with her grandkids and she acknowledges that she said I couldn't do that with you guys there was too much stress and pressure and all the other things but with her grandkids she could and I just I loved that so much Mm, so beautiful now um um, so I'm aware of the time so I'm wondering do you I know you took you want to talk practical do you have a practical invitation uh and and an offering yes okay well I would just say what's sitting in your box right now (laughs) (laughs) what's that little box on your shoulder what's what little pieces are you putting in there that are your invitation to work through you know that there is that beautiful saying if you think you've got your shit together just go hang out with your family for a week and then you'd be like "Mm, there's that little piece so what what are those beautiful pieces sitting in that box and what is that about really coming back to I think some of the beautiful things we've talked about today is that the child part of you that needs more listening time you know is there a part of you that feels like it needs to advocate and speak you know for your child is there there places within you that need to be lent into a little bit more around grieving perhaps what you didn't have or mourning what isn't going to be there just some of the beautiful things we've talked about today you know what is it that that's inviting you to feel into Mm, I love that and what offerings most of a 
Most would you Ah, uh, like? well, you know, just the same thing. I've got my couples course. I'm not doing much at the moment. I'm sitting and contemplating life in uh, lockdown 764. And, um, and, you know, I have my couples course out there if people want to do work together as a couple, you know, so that we're not continuing these these patterns in our, our family together. So that's what I've got there. What about you, Mary? Um, um, yeah, I'm on a second, really, just further what you were saying is, are there ways in which you are handing over or, uh, your younger parts' needs with your family of origin, which you uh, would like to stop doing? Mm-hmm. Yes, just a small little thing. To just a little, doing. and you just decide it, click your fingers, <laughs> and it's done. There you go. Have some <laughs> afternoon tea. <laughs> and what, I mean, you've got beautiful courses around this. What have you got uh, at the moment? I'm thinking the Inner Loving Presence Process course is probably a helpful fit for this because that is part of the way I really enjoy of uh, listening to those younger parts mm. from Inner Loving Mother and all the other lovely Inner Loving Presences. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, thank you. I hope that's given you all some insights to feel into your extended family. You might not have any of this might not land because you might be like, hey, my family's awesome and it feels great. That is brilliant, championing that. But um, I'm pretty sure that most people have something somewhere in their story, whether it's their in-laws or their family where there's, you know, there's pieces. And this can also turn up with siblings as well, you know, as we all become parents and there's different ways of doing it. And then when we all get together, it can feel pretty clunky and sticky sometimes. So that that's a whole other thing that can feel challenging for sure. So. So, yeah, lots of compassion to wherever you are on the journey. And if there is other topics you'd love us to cover, you know, please drop us a, a message through Instagram or Facebook and, you know, we'd, we'd love to speak to it if we can. Mm, thank you so much and so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.